0: Hi, this is Robin McCauley, you are tuned in and listening to Focus on Metal.
1: Hey, metalheads! Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to another episode of Focus on Metal. And this week, the ID on the front matches the content within. That's right, Robin McCauley joins us once again this week as we talked to him about his third solo album that came out on February 17th. It's entitled Alive, and it was brought to us via our friends at Frontiers Records. And uh, hey, Frontiers Records friends, if you're listening, where the hell's my vinyl? I was fortunate to uh, be in possession of the CD version, because I bought both the CD and the vinyl, so I've actually been able to listen to this. But I am still waiting very impatiently for the vinyl to roll in. And uh, yeah, it seems like a trend lately where the vinyl lags months and months behind the CD. Hopefully that'll get rectified and I'll be able to hear it in its uh, vinyl shrouded glory. So, yep, had the uh, CD for a little bit now. Wasn't sure whether we'd be talking to Robin or not. I should have never doubted it because usually Richie will do the uh, the hookup with Robin at some unscheduled time where they can actually really chat like they always like to and get more than the 20-minute quick press in and out interview. And, uh, hey, he pulled it off again this time. Able to get a hold of Robin, have a nice chat with him. But I got to say... Definitely is a really, really nice album. 11 tracks, pretty much everything front to back is solid. And um, just guitar playing on here is pretty monstrous as well. So especially uh, track two, Dead as a Bone, I got to say, and I even texted Richie when I was listening to it, that uh, the guitar solo on there, I went back and checked the credits because he was just channeling George Lynch in, uh, in playing that one. And by channeling, I mean uh, Andrea Saviso, who uh, did most of the guitars on this album. And again, I was just, really, I just got up from everything I was doing, walked over, grabbed the liner notes, figured out where everything was. And uh, I was really expecting to see George just popping up as a guest here. Just, he channeled just old school Lynch on that one. But uh, besides that, everything else is pretty solid on here. Really happy and again, I want my vinyl. It uh, It's definitely at some point, I predict, going to hurt some of the vinyl sales with, with pre-sales and stuff on vinyl with some of these weights. I'm actually waiting for a motorhead sacrifice on vinyl that I've been waiting for since June of last year. And they keep pushing the release date back. The last one I had was end of February. And here we are in the middle of March. And still nowhere in sight. And, I mean, come on. At some point, people are just going to be like, fuck it. I'm not going to preorder. I'm just going to wait and see when it eventually shows up on a shelf somewhere. And that, I think, is going to hurt vinyl sales overall. Mr. Coverdale, are you listening? Because I, of course, bought the brand new anniversary still good to be bad box set and that stellar looking blue vinyl, and I hope that it actually rolls in here in April. I'd hate to have people have a bad taste in their mouth over yet another awesome White Snake anniversary release. But, anyways, like I said, great talk between Richie and Robin this week. It's about 45 minutes of awesome audio between the two of them about uh, the new album, some of uh, you know Robin's past history as well, some of the other things he's got going on. He's got a cool project called Triad that he's got going on, and he is just one busy mother. So with all that being said, why don't I turn it over to Richie and Robin McCauley.
0: Richie, what's up?
2: <laughs> hey, Robin, how you doing? I am good. How are you, man? I'm okay. I'm freezing my ass off here, just outside of Austin, the usual.
0: <laughs> I was just talking to my wife, and she goes, "Where's Richard calling from?" I went, "The coldest, asses place on the earth, Boston." <laughs> 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 oh, dude, listen. We, you know, we've we've had uh, we've had kind of uh, unsettled weather here in in California. I mean, we've had so much rain. And I can actually see the snow on the mountains. I mean, that's—you just don't see snow on the mountains. It's like weird, dude. Okay, that's weird. Did, Who's uh, in charge? Who's in charge? That's in, what I want to know. Yeah,
2: he's someone up there is uh, messing around. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm telling you. But are you doing well? How are you?
2: I'm. I'm good. I'm good. I'm hoping to go home in in the next few months for the first time from about four years
0: oh my god I'll actually be heading home um middle of April for like about a week because my uh one of my sisters uh, will hit a glorious 18 years of age so I can't let that pass
2: wow well 80 yeah. wow
0: 80 yeah there's a there's a very long lineage in my family most of them go to about 92
2: okay how many kids Robin how many brothers and sisters do you have
0: uh, well, I'm one of ten, so five and five. I think my dad wanted a soccer team and he gave up a ten. And he goes, fuck this, fuck this. I'm out of here. <laughs> he,
2: he, he said, right, I have I've, I've ten outfielders, I, I don't need a I goalkeeper. I right?
0: no, no substitutes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he, he, he didn't go for the hurling team then, that's 15.
0: No, he did not. No, I think he, he, he went, I'm done, I'm done, I'm <laughs> done.
2: <laughs> so, so listen, you just turned 70.
0: Yeah, also you had to bring that up. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I did. But yeah. yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. So th- takes a licking but keeps on ticking.
2: You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, Robin, if I, if I was asking now, have you? Do you think you fulfilled everything you set out to in your career? Because seventy oh, is a bit of a God. milestone.
0: Ah, uh, um, I don't know. Do we ever really know? I mean, I think we all we all you know secretly quietly go well if I ever do that I hope I've done this by then Mm um um I think there's you know there's always something more to do um I don't really think I don't really have a plan you know things seem to sort of roll over one into the other and um sometimes the timing is off sometimes it's not sometimes it's good you know yeah um I've done. I've done. i I've done, uh, I've done a, a bit, I suppose. Um, I'm happy with what I've done, Reggie. Um, I've enjoyed it. I'm still enjoying it, so I suppose that's good.
2: <laughs> what's the What's the longest you've been out of the music business, or have you been out of the music business at all?
0: Oh, I actually, I, I you know, I was not out out. Um, but when my when uh, when the boys were born in '99. Um, a couple of months, uh, into their, their sort of baby years, I ended up in Japan, uh, and I missed Jamie's first steps. And when I came back, I, I remember I was really bummed because I went, you know, it's your job, dad. You're supposed to be there. You're supposed to see your, your, your first. And he's my first born by one minute because you know, I have twins, Yeah,
2: twins, yeah.
0: you know, um, so I missed his first steps. I was, I was absolutely bummed and things weren't great. in night I think I was like 90, well, 99, you know, we just came off you know, stuff in, 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 you know, 98 or 94 actually. And there wasn't a lot going on. There was a lot of grunge. There was a lot of the alternatives. So not much room for the genre of music we were, <laughs> we're still doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, um, there wasn't that much going on i was doing a lot of uh, i did a lot of tribute records so i didn't really have to leave home and i kind of made a conscious decision that i did not want to miss seeing casey take his first steps and um i might have told you this before I, i i decided that uh I had to change change gears and I had a responsibility. I needed a, a regular paycheck. You know, us musicians earn so much money, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted a regular paycheck. I wanted, I wanted uh, uh, medical insurance. I wanted all of the stuff that, you know, a responsible dad is supposed to have for his kids and a roof over there that I could pay for. So I actually, um, I went I enrolled in college, and I, I took courses in in, uh, in graphic design, and um, I kind of segued uh, straight into a job that I was in for, believe it or not, about 16 years. I became a senior graphic uh, production artist uh, in all of that time. I moved up the ladder. Um, I loved it because it was a little artsy. Never much liked the sitting behind the desk part of it, but... Um, um, I had a pretty good run at the office, and throughout that 16 years, if you will, I did a huge amount of studio recording, got well paid for it, was able to come home every night, and then I joined Survivor in the middle of all that as well, and I was in there for six years or something, and maybe maybe if you put the whole thing together, uh, maybe seven years or something, and I, and I did you know the very first, what became known as a solo record, which was never meant to be a solo record the business as usual that was always meant to be a record with me and frankie sullivan while he was offering me the gig in survivor and i was refusing it (laughs) um um, and we couldn't find a buyer for it really until japan took it and they said yeah put it out as a solo so even in the interviews today they go oh my god you know, you put your first solo out in like 99 or something. And why did it take so long to like put Standing on the Edge and live out? And I go, well, it never really was a solo record. You know, it was just something that was sitting there. We didn't know what else to do with it. So um, that was my break, not a complete break, but I stayed off the road, stayed off touring. I wanted to be home. And um, I think the kids were five or six. Um, and I started getting emails from the survivor camp. You know, are you, are you, are you, done? <laughs> are you done? Are you done? done hibernating? Can you? Are you ready now? And um, that's basically how I got back into it. And even then, with Survivor, it was sort of weekend warrior stuff. It was. I was never really out. They never toured. They still don't tour, man. A hundred years later. Hmm. Um, and um, I think. I think Survivor sort of again segued into reading the rock vault, which of course I covered almost almost fifteen hundred live performances in seven years.
2: Mm. One of the things when you were away, yeah, um, and a lot a lot of the singers from the eighties have done this. They do jingle work. Did you do any of that?
0: Uh, I never, do no, know, I, I actually did. I did. Um, i ran a buick um commercial for a good two years nationwide uh on an edgar winter song um, and i also did a uh, doritos commercial i did a chocolate commercial <laughs> and i i wrote a song with the lead guitar player from cold sweat mark ferrari which was one of, actually, the first song he ever wrote for. He started, uh, he created a company called Red Engine Music, which basically supplied um, music and bits, sound bits for, like, TV programs, like Providence we actually ran on for a huge time. We got a Melrose, Melrose Place. We were on uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, both on the TV and on the movie. Uh, it ran on the kayaking event of the Barcelona Olympics. So it's still running, and we wrote a song called "Money Hungry," and um, that sort of stuff. I did I did as much as my phone rang to do, uh, and that was a that was a, yeah that was a huge amount of fun. Free Ride got got uh, man, it was all over the place. A lot of people would go. That sounds like the original. And the reason Edgar recut Free Ride was, I think, Sony music owned the rights to it and the only way you could actually use it independently would be to re-record it um and that's what he had me do and yeah i did i did a lot of that stuff that's a great a great deal of fun to do in actual fact segway once again even though you didn't ask but i've been working with um, this wonderful italian composer for the last six months max di carlo and we have max writes sound, soundtracks. Uh, he's on the new Don John Johnson movie, wrote the soundtrack for that. He also writes a lot for Netflix and HBO. And I was uh, introduced to him about six months ago to co-write something for the Lions Club of the U.S., which is this big charitable organization. They wanted, quote-unquote, sort of a, a theme song for their conferences. Um, they ended up not using it, um, but we wrote that. And then Max said, I have a lot of material that I really would like a voice like yours on. Um, I don't have any ideas about lyrics or melodies. But do you want to take a listen? And he sent me about six or seven mixes last week. And it is I love to say it. It's epic, and now he wants to do a showcase with like a full orchestra and do the whole, the whole thing—very music soundtrack, movie soundtrack stuff. Um, and it's it's my next, uh, <laughs> it's my next segue. Mm. So funny, funny you should ask. But uh, and it's great. It's probably some of the most interesting and fun things actually I've ever done. And I do a lot for escape music out of the uk as well i'm on a ton of their stuff uh circular friends just came out there's a new gabrielle Deval, a spanish rock singer and she just released same day as my record came out alive came out she released her uh kissing a dragon Night" album uh beautiful artwork and i actually co-sing the uh the title track with her uh, and that'll be coming out uh, I believe I was told yesterday on a uh, on a uh, picture disc vinyl very soon. Nice. So so there you have it. you nice. know, uh, the old man, the old man is always up to something. and and I love it because I think that's what I like to do with the voice. I don't like to get stuck, you know, in a bag.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i don't like to be bagged <laughs> oh, <they're good>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because the voice does a lot of stuff you know and yeah. uh you know guitar players are known for this that and the other and i think the voice is there for playing with. and that soundtrack stuff allows me to do something i've never done before it's a complete different approach and it, it's awesome
2: yeah um you've been able to maintain your voice robin a lot of guys, you you know, that came up in the the, the late seventies. A lot 70s, of guys 80s. at 70, A lot of guys,
0: you can tell me. A lot of guys at seventy are not very good.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're, they're not as good as they used to be. And I'm not going to say you have a secret because I think a lot of it is just logic. You know, you just got to treat your voice a certain way and 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 take care of it, health wise yeah. and stuff like that. But you've been able to maintain it. Um, What are the main things you've done, you think, that have allowed you to do that?
0: Oh, um, I don't know if there's any one.
2: Or is it luck? luck, Does luck play a part in it?
0: Uh, No, I don't think so. I mean, mean, well, maybe, maybe. Um, You know, um, if you're singing like I did with, let's just say, the Vegas show, if you're singing every night, there is a, and Vegas is the worst place to sing, by the way. I don't know if ever, anybody ever told you, but, you know, they have what they call the Vegas throat, simply because most, most landscaping in, in, uh, in Vegas is basically rocks, because it's desert, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to keep everything sort of irrigated. Um, it's very, very, very windy. It's very cold at times at night, but typically every day in Vegas, There's a very heavy heavy wind that just comes out of nowhere and with that it whips up all of this dust and pollen and what have you but the air is is particularly dry in vegas so if you're performing five nights a week like we did at 1.6 nights a week then there's a huge responsibility especially if you're singing every night um to keep your your voice in check i mean if you if you read anything about celine dion or, or even bon jovi who had lots of residencies all of the residencies require certain things when they do a residency in vegas for their voices because it's extremely uh, um difficult to deal with with the with the the dry air so um there i would i would religiously use uh, humidifiers in my room at night I would have uh, facial steamers with me all the time constantly keeping everything moist and that's a huge help I, I, I typically do that on tour I have a facial steamer that I take with me it's very easy it's in your suitcase and it's basically water nothing no magic ingredient in there Mm. it's just steam hot steam and you inhale it it keeps your sinuses it keeps the back of your throat it keeps your vocal cords moist um lubricated very very important um i don't like smoky atmospheres i've never smoked in my life so that's a big big that's a public enemy number one
2: That that would have been a problem for you years ago robin with the venues though the smoking
0: yeah, well, of course it was. It was awful. Yeah. It was awful. And Vegas is not friendly. I mean, they don't sing in the sh- smoke in the showrooms, but invariably you have to go through the casinos. Or after show, you would do a post show signing, and now you're exposed to and so people it's not their fault, but they don't understand. They'll come up and want a photo and they'll throw their arms around you and they're smoking. They just don't get it. You know, Mm. it's like, you know, it's like back away from the vehicle, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because it's, um, it's my job. It's my, it's my responsibility. And, and of course you have, um, you have producers out on the floor every night (laughs) listening to your performance and, uh, and making notes. So you have that. And, um, You have a different audience every night, and they pay money to see a show. They don't need to hear an excuse. I've lost my voice. They don't need to hear that. Mm -hmm. So consequently, you have a revolving door of uh, artists who have to be able to step in at the last minute because... We're only humans. We do get sick, you know. We try not to, but we do. And uh, when that happens, you know, somebody needs to. It's like a sub on a, on a on a on a team. Somebody needs to jump in when somebody broke their leg, you know. Um, so we do. We do that. I take as much. Care as I possibly can, you know. Um, probably when I get off the phone with you, I won't just speak with anybody for the next four days.
2: <laughs> <laughs> blame, blame the other. Yeah, you'll be blaming the other Irish, And I
0: think maybe a sense of humour as well. Maybe comes yeah. comes with, you know. Um, I, I don't know. I just I think, and I record a lot. I'm, I'm recording now. Yeah. Um, i'm recording two or three nights a week um for different projects that people go can you co-write this for me and can you sing it and yada yada and so I get to do different things that uh, is not like my own record. It's a different kind of material. So that way, you keep your voice very active, and and uh, and and you sort of move around the scales because it's it's a little something a little different every time. It's very interesting. I love it. Mm. I love it. I still still have a great deal of fun doing it. Yeah. So I hope that answers your, yeah, <laughs> your very
2: yeah. short question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, Robin, I don't know whether you're doing rating the Rock Vault anymore, but I want to ask you. You did yeah. it out of all this, you know. You did that show for a long, long time. Yeah. Who's your best fri- friend or friends in it that you maybe didn't know when you started it?
0: Oh well, you know, I'd never worked with. Um, I'd always known Howard Lee. Howard, Howard and I are very good friends, and of course, Howard was with, with you know, one of my heroes in the world of singers. You know, with Paul Rogers for a very long time. Got to meet Paul through Howard. Um, only saw Howard recently, actually on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, Howard and I became even even greater friends. Howard always says, "You know, I got in there because you were there, and that was the only reason I did it." And Howard goes, "The day you leave, I'll be leaving." And, and he doesn't do it anymore either. <laughs> Although I will be in this, I will be in this Saturday to celebrate uh, the tenth anniversary. Can you believe that? Yeah. So I'll be in there this Saturday, and the bummer is that there's a big corporate event with Rockfall going on in Jamaica, and I have to go, Richie. (laughs) 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 I I have to go, and it's breaking my heart, but I'll probably go anyway. (laughs) Okay. So that's one (laughs) of the perks of the job. So um, Rowan Robertson I had known about for a long time, never got to work with him and and did and became really good buddies uh in my term with rock um of course the great doug aldridge uh tracy guns they were all in there and it's uh you just you know the god's honest truces you know going back to a family of 10 in rural ireland right yeah with not an ass in my pants and now i'm on stage in vegas with some of the best guitar players you know on the planet uh, and some of the best drummers and singers and i'm going you know pinch me you know Uh, and i don't forget that i don't take that lightly it's it's um it's it's awesome for me you know it's awesome i mean it really is awesome i I, uh, i think about it a lot and i'm I'm really grateful. I mean, I can't even tell you how much I am.
2: Did, um, you, know. did you know Paul Shortino before?
0: Oh, I, I have known Paul Shortino. I actually knew Paul Shortino probably the longest of everybody. And I'd known Paul since I first came into the country in 1988 when he had a band called Bad Boys uh, with Mitch Perry and Sean McDab And um, Shorty and I... Uh, as we call him shorty and i together uh then nobody else can get a word in because i think what we do we just we laugh i mean we laugh and you can hear us laughing and and they go oh shit here they come (laughs) (laughs) here they come and and um i actually um uh, in the last, actually before Christmas, uh, there is another classic rock show that travels and tours called uh, Icons of Classic Rock. And Alex Lidgerwood sang uh, Black Magic Woman and uh, all of that stuff with Santana. Alex is in there. Alex and I go back years where we did a Voices of Rock uh, mini tour with Paul Travers and Len Moose. and so Alex Alex is in there uh, former singers from early very early sort of singers from Foreigner, Johnny Edwards Dave Evans that actually sang the very first singer I think those at ACDC is in there um, and me and Shorty and uh, we went to Bolivia, we're going to Mexico um, and we're doing this thing and it's an absolute Blast! So I think more than anybody, Shortino and myself is like you know brothers from another.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I I'll be honest with you, Robin. He's one of my favorite singers. I love. Oh his my voice. god!
0: We, well, I will tell him. I will tell him because we have. I mean, we just have the best times. Mm. We have the best. Time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So let's talk about the new record, alive. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> um. I. I'm going to be honest with you, Robin, because I always am. I prefer this to the first one, or, or the, the, the one you had a couple of well, years Well, that's ago. good news. That's
0: good news, yeah. because, you know, I always say, uh, people say, why you know, I just segue here, you know, people say, hey, you know, when you did uh, Shake the World with, with uh, Black Swan, you said it was the best record you ever made later on people would pick me up on that and I said well you know the last thing you did should be the best thing you ever did you know (laughs) and uh, it's a great I think thank you I think it's a great record I think Standing on the Edge was a find my feet not sure what to do didn't want to do it we did it Mixed it up with different songwriters this is just much more concise uh we discussed it uh i told everybody i really wanted the same band because i love the guitar player andrea so he's just Mm -hmm. he kills it nicholas papapico on drums just really brings that thunder in the background alessandro del vecchio of course gets slammed because he's on everybody's record well he's on mine but i'm really proud of it because he kicks ass and he gives me a different sound and the songwriters are just awesome and you know they sent me a barrel of songs. And I said, Okay, we need to get this a little more edgy here. Um, and I had I think maybe 20, 25 songs to pick from. And it's my job then, of course, um, so you can blame me to pick the final 12. I picked the final 12 that I wanted to work on, worked up all the lyrics, the melodies, I sent it back to Alessandro. And I went, this is what I've got. What do you think? And he goes, I think
2: this is going to be great. Well, there you have it. <laughs> do you do you talk with Alessandro before he writes the songs and say, "Look, I'm looking for songs that are because I, to me this is a bit, it's heavier, it's darker, a little bit more up tempo, I think than yep.
0: than yep. the than
2: the other one. Yeah.
0: It's a real it's a real record.
2: <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you know what I'm saying. Like, do you talk about the <laughs> direction with him before he even sends you anything, or does he already oh, yeah. have these written? Yeah, in fact,
0: I, I was on tour with Shanker in Europe. Um, and we played uh, the same festival in Sweden and we got a chance to actually hang and, and discuss everything and I said okay this is we need we need to go down this 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 rabbit hole over here and he goes no absolutely I'm already and he brought in a couple of different songwriters that we didn't have on Standing on the Edge and um, he um, again he sent me a bunch of tracks and he goes have a listen see I'm a, if i'm on the right track no pun intended and then pick what you want to work on and um and i did that i dwindled it down to 12 and i went this is great this is just this is in the wheelhouse that i want um and when i when i i think alive was probably the first one i dove into and i sent him a. I i do all my my demos here at home and i sent him a rough vocal and he goes huh this is great. We're off. We're off. Keep going. And and by the time I'd done all the 12 and I sent him 12 demos, I was kind of pissed really because he didn't make any comments. He goes, good, cut the vocals for real. And I went, what, no changes? He goes, I'm not changing anything. Goes, this is great. <laughs> and I went, but you're the producer. You're supposed And say, no, I don't like this. And <laughs> he goes, but I, I like it. So I don't hear anything. This is, this, is, this is you doing what you do. And that's what we need. And uh, he was hugely supportive and uh, loved the songs that I picked. And um, I think half I wrote with him, half I wrote with uh, two guys out of uh, Sweden, that was also on um, Standing on the Edge, but they themselves also knew that we needed to uh, take this a different direction, that, that we had found ourselves on um, Standing on the Edge and we knew that we needed to uh, take this somewhere else. And I think we did that, I think
1: we did that. This is Michael Schenker from Scorbins here of all, and Temple of Rock. You're listening to Focus on Metal.
2: So Robin, how, how do you meet the other songwriters?
0: actually met the guys out of Sweden and uh, apart from Alessandro they're the only people I've actually met face to face believe it or not we discuss everything via email Um, you know we're all we all know what the inside of a studio looks like right and so it's easy enough to have the tracks sitting in front of me and to break them down and and to discuss you know how many bars in if i need if i want something changed i mean as we're going and mixing you know i would i will set the track up on my machine here and um I'll get the the time the timeline, and I'll go right at this point. I need more of this and more of that, and that's how we discuss it. It's like the technology is, is just great. It's like I can go in and he go this part here, and he go give me give me a couple of hours. I'll fix it and I'll send it back, and he gets it back, and I go not too much of this and less of that, and and, and that's how we do it. And um, it's uh, <laughs> it's amazing, really. Um, it's amazing what you can do without being in the same room, you know? Yeah. And you kind of are in the same room once you're online together,
2: you yeah. know? Did, did, um, did that method of You can recording... do it real
0: time. You can do it real time. Or yeah. you, can, you know, Italy is, what, nine hours ahead of me? But you can. You can do it real time because I'm up for you, you know? And so you get to it.
2: Did, did that method of recording come easy to you? Because you came up the old school way. You're in the studio. You got, you know, I I don't know. Is this chemistry thing overrated when you're all in the same room? Because because now everybody's doing it all over the world, and they're you know they're all in different. And we're doing it because
0: because it's kind of the only thing that's available. Because logistically, logistically, it's um, it just it would cost a fortune. Let's let's start there. Yeah. It would cost an absolute fortune if just for me to record my vocals I had to fly to Naples or Milan. And and it would and then hotels and flights and and just because I want to record something with, with the producer, I don't need to. They send what we call the stems, they send the stems to the studio that I work in. And I only record the vocals. I have a studio very close to me, and Andy Zuckerman, who's a great, great studio engineer, owns his stuff. Um, I'll spend maybe a Sunday afternoon, go with Andy, and I go, This is what we're doing. Let's break out the mics, see what we, we think we will use on this. He'll, he'll get a set up. We'll pick a time. And I'm ready to go when I come back into the studio. There's no messing around. I, I don't spend, I don't spend really any more than about two hours. As Andy says, if you don't have it in two hours, go home. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) And it's true. Um, But I come in with everything mapped out pretty much. I know because I've done the demos and I know what I'm doing. And then he gets the stems in, which is every single track that's on that from drums to bass, to keys, to guitars, rhythm guitars, and and, and everything is separated. So when I'm recording, I can choose the level of anything that I want to hear. If I don't want any guitar at all, I can tell them to mute the guitars. If I don't want any keys on there because I don't want to hear them, we can do that too. And, and and I can just sing with just a basic rhythm guitar, bass and drums, and I can record it that way if I want. And then of course, when you go back, you're mixing, you bring the whole thing back in. And um, you know, we, we, by the power of technology, we send all of those tracks through the universe and they land on uh, Alessandro's um, laptop and then he sticks them up on his mixing desk and, and off he goes but the- and it's 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 just great yeah. I mean it's great, I don't know how else we could do it these days you know True. it's almost rare uh, with the exception perhaps of if you're rehearsing for tour Then obviously you need everybody in the same place at the same time but for the purpose of recording you just don't need that and I, I, honestly i don't you know people go oh dude you missed the vibe when everybody's not in the room well if i was recording vocals i wouldn't have the band in the room anyway the tracks would be pre-recorded and it would be just me in the studio on a vocal day unless somebody wanted to come and hang you know um they'd stay away and have the day off
2: <laughs> you, <laughs> they know you, in, you know it's you know it's you know it's interesting you bring that up, Robin. All the years I'm talking to musicians, I, I, sometimes I would ask them that question when they were recording an album, and like if it was the drummer or the bass player, they'd say, "I just did my tracks in three days and I was gone. I didn't want yes. to hang around." <laughs> yeah,
0: yes, <laughs> and so 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 you know what I'm saying? It's like if I go in to cut a vocal, chances are there's no drummer or guitar player or keeper player in there because they're going. I'm out of here, dude. I'm taking the day off. Go do your stuff. You don't need me. See ya. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) And and that's how it is. So I wouldn't have them there anyway. So I don't need them there now. Um, Love them all dearly, but it's not necessary.
2: You Um, know? How involved, Robin, are you in the mixing? Like, do you get a lot of rough mixes from Alessandro? Yes. Yeah,
0: I get the rough mixes. I mean, I oh my God. Actually, it's a good point because I have even as I'm, I'm sitting in front of my laptop right now and I'm looking at rough mixes because I have a file of <laughs> really, really rough mixes of standing on the edge that I really don't need anymore. I just keep them for, you know, so I can go, Oh, is that how it sounded right at this point? Um, so I get, I get the rough mixes in, I make my notes. As I said, I run through the timeline on the track and as I'm making notes on the timeline, uh, Alessandro will get that back, and he will make he will make the necessary changes that I've asked him to, or he'll say mm, maybe a little less of that. And that's where the production comes in, and um, it's it's um it's relatively easy, and he's pretty he's pretty fast because he knows what I do and he knows how I do it. So he locks in he locks in pretty fast and gets it done. I don't, and, um,
2: I'll be honest with you, Robin, I don't know how he does it because he's working on so many <laughs> I don't t- think anybody does. And, and, like,
0: and furthermore, at the beginning of the year, Richie, he actually became a dad. <laughs> uh, so I have no idea. I don't know how he does that either.
2: <laughs> yeah. Because he's on so yeah. much stuff on that label.
0: It's unbelievable and, and um, um, it's, it's very unfair how much... Um, he, he gets he gets he gets beaten up a lot he does because he oh another Alessandro Delvecchio production and 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 I, I think that's coming from people who are envious because they don't have the work and they certainly don't have the talent to do it uh, uh, and unfortunately it's, as they say a little bit of hard cheese there um, he does it and he absolutely loves doing it and he knows that he gets a lot of shit throwing at him but he does an amazing job he's a multi 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 talent he's a great singer you know he's a great bass player <laughs> he's a great keyboard player engineer and production and of course my, my, my guitar player on the record Andrea Sobecio is also an excellent studio engineer mm. you know and so, these guys are not just uh, fly-by-nights. These guys are, are deep, deep into the music. They, they are very, very good at all of the facets that are involved to, to complete a recording. It's completely uh, um, objective, of course, to whoever is listening to it, because you go, well, I don't like it, while the other person goes, I think it's great. So, um, you're just not going to please Everybody, because you know, I always think if that's not your, if that's not your kind of genre, why are you listening to it only for the purpose of criticizing it, right?
2: Yeah, I think we're, we're with Alessandro, and again, Robin, I, I'll be honest with you, I love a lot of what he does, but I I can under I think where the, one of the parts of the criticism comes for, for, from him is. He'll get these guys together who are named guys who've written albums in the past, and they won't really write on the album that they're on. He'll write all the songs. Yeah. I think that's where some of it comes from.
0: No, I, I, I don't think. I, I know you're exactly right. I'm. Uh, I think maybe. I hope I don't speak out of turn here. I think that's probably because the label um, wants to wants to retain the rights all of the songwriting yeah. and so, so if you don't involve the quote unquote the artist um, and they have a a um, a label guy okay I don't mean to diss him here but if they have a label guy whether it's Alessandro or somebody else write the material and they're happy enough they the artists are happy enough to record it for this particular album that's ultimately a choice that that artist will make you go I'm not doing that he does have a choice, doesn't have to do it, but invariably they do it and they seem to feel very comfortable doing it and recording it because, you know, that it, as you know, there's, there's a there's a ton of albums and and different projects on the label that are made up of, of artists from, from several different bands and then they're brought together and you're, you're right, they don't write any of the songs on the record, it's left up to the label guys to do it. Um, But the artists themselves do have that choice. I was given that choice. Shall I send you twelve finished songs and you just sing them? Or would you like to write your own lyrics and your own melody? And I think I think if it was a project, um I wouldn't be so dead against it, but I think if you are and I don't regard myself as a solo artist, but in my case, you know, it's under my name, so as a solo artist I get to write melodies that I know I would be comfortable writing and lyrics I would be comfortable singing and it's more of who I am than I and I have a ton of songs as I told you I sing for like escape music where they just send me a track and I record it Um, but they're very clever because they pick songs that they know suits my style if you know what i'm saying yeah and so alexander alexander could do the same thing he goes i know exactly what you do now and i, I can uh, if it's not me i can get other writers to write a dozen songs and send them to you and i think you you'd love them so i just choose to write my own basically well, I, I um, think- because I, I feel more comfortable working. i have a different type of phrasing as a singer and so I write in, in the phrasing that suits my voice. I know what my abilities are. And, and uh, you know, it's like I always tell people, it's like a ping pong. I know where the lines on the table are. And I know not to go outside those lines because that's inside those lines. I'm, I'm good. Outside, I might be a little dodgy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think, Robin, I think you've got, you kind of have the best of both worlds with Frontiers because, you have your solo stuff, and Alessandro writes a lot of that with the other the other guys. And then, but you're doing Black Swan, and that's all in house.
0: Yes, that's well, that's all me, me, Reb, and uh, me, and Jeff. That's all us. And again, you know, they laid the uh, responsibility of lyrics and vocal with me. And sometimes, you know, they all chip in. But it's a, you're right. It's a, and I believe. I hope I'm not talking out of turn. I believe there will be a third Black Swan record. Um, so I'm very excited about that. It's a great, it's a great man. Shame is we'll never, well, I won't say never, but we don't get the opportunity presented to us to actually take that live. I think it would be awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, you know, um, given the scenario that I get for live, and I'm, I'm really happy with the record. The videos were a ton of fun to do. It's, it's not easy. Richie as a solo artist, you
2: know, stand in front of a camera and pull shapes. Yeah,
0: I'm sure. <laughs> and, you know.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: but um, song-wise, I think there's some. I think I think it's a very powerful, melodic, uh, well-produced, modern-sounding record, and, and uh, Billboard liked it. I got a good rating on Billboard, so <laughs> so I'm pretty happy about that. You know, although Billboard did name me as a a new artist.
2: (laughs) No way. (laughs) Yeah,
0: but you know, maybe it's because I'm not hiding inside a band or something. I don't know.
2: (laughs) Okay, okay. So what's coming up for you, Robin, is you're not doing Shanker anymore at all, are you?
0: No, no, there's no plans to do any Shanker stuff. Um, I'm hoping to take this live at some point in the year. Um. Um... I'm sure the next Black Swan will raise its head pretty soon, probably closer to the end of the year. Um, I will be hitting the road with the icons of classic rock uh, in whatever country they send us to. I'm looking forward to that a great deal. Um, I'm particularly looking forward to um, Triad, which is tentatively called Triad, T-R-I-A-D, which is the project I'm doing with Max DiCarlo, the... uh, Movies like the movie soundtrack guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really looking forward to that, um, and I hope that we get to do the show, showcase uh, with with the full orchestra. That will be a great, great uh, venture for me. Really looking forward to that. And um, yeah, maybe another solo record by, by Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, the, the frontiers, they seem to be, with you now, it seems to be Black Swan one year solo the following year black swan I know, year. people
0: people have been going dude have you ever actually been this busy <laughs> 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 and i'm going um i don't really stop to think about it you know i, I feel very energized I, I i uh you know i i don't harp on the old 70 tag um it is what it is i don't feel 70 <laughs> maybe that's a good thing um my voice feels in great shape, yeah. and um, until it's not, I suppose, I'll, I'll knock them out, you know. I'd like to do more live, you know, it's difficult, you, you need to get a good promoter behind you, you need to get somebody who can sell tickets and all of that, you know, it's not just easy, let's go on tour, it doesn't really work that easy, you know, unless you're Aerosmith, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, if we can... Uh, if we can compact the year with with live performances and continue with the recordings, I'm in good shape.
2: Okay. Yeah. Excellent, well, Robin. Always a pleasure.
0: Always, and and uh, enjoy your trip back to the to the old sod.
2: I'll have a few pints.
0: Yeah, good man, and I'll, I'll raise a glass for you too, Richie.
1: All right, Robin. <laughs> well, take care of yourself. Great talking to you again.
0: God bless you. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.
1: And there you have it. Yet another chat with Robin. I've seriously lost track of how many times the guy's been on the show. But, I mean, why the hell not? He's always been an awesome guest. And, of course, do yourself a favor and go pick up Alive's. And I don't know. He must have a bonus track somewhere because clearly i've only got 11 tracks here and he talked about 12 nonetheless as i said yeah you know go out pick this one up it is really good and uh, i think he just keeps getting better and better with each subsequent album and he's he really did hit his stride on this one so still taking a look at what is up for the next episode of focus on metal right now i'm thinking it what it might be is a really oddball one for us and that is that uh Richie had done a nice long chat with a guy named Wendell Smith, who uh, formerly was an artist liaison for uh, for House of Blues. So very cool chat with uh, with Wendell, and uh, you know I think Richie got to delve in a little bit and some of his unknown stuff about what goes on behind the stage. And I I definitely say that uh, you know even though Wendell talked about it being you know having a job getting to hang with rock stars, I I was. That is one of those backstage jobs that I never wanted to have. And uh, I was always more happy doing uh, doing local crew and stuff like that. But anyways, I think that is what's up next time on the show. But you never know. It could be uh, yet another one of our Iron Maiden chats or something else could drop in. But uh, anyways, for this week, that's it. There ain't no more. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So for Richie... Myself and everybody else here at Focus on Metal. Have yourselves a great metal week and until we talk to you again, remember Focus On Metal! Everything else is insignificant.
2: It's over. Go home.